0: From the Technology Association of Iowa, welcome to the Iowa Tech Policy Podcast. I'm your host, Molly Ross. This podcast will provide an exclusive look into technology-focused legislation during the 2023 session at the Iowa State House. I will speak with state lawmakers and Iowa technology leaders from various industries on specific tech legislation, what impact it may have on Iowa companies and why it matters to Iowans across the state. The Iowa Tech Policy Podcast is proudly presented by Shazam, a member-owned debit network processor and core provider that believes community-based financial institutions strengthen and improve the local communities. Learn more at Shazam.net. Additional support provided by Dentons Davis Brown. We're here with Senator Chris Knoyer who represents District 35 in the Iowa Senate. Senator Knoyer, welcome to the Iowa Tech Policy Podcast.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So why don't we start with a little bit about yourself and your background
1: yeah well I grew up a child of the 80s um, during the kind of PC magazine era um, when tech was really becoming popular I had a dad that was really into tech I had a PC junior at home and a dot matrix printer and um, kind of grew up with a math and science a, a love of that that was something that I shared with my dad um, and I was actually went to a high school that had Pascal programming my junior and senior year and it was something that just kind of uh, inspired me to, to learn more so I went on to the University of Texas and got my uh, degree in computer science. And then I worked for Anderson Consulting for eight years uh, before I had my first child, at, at which time I decided to uh, stay home with him. And I started my own website design business. And my child just turned, uh, that child just turned 25. So uh, I've been self-employed uh, designing websites uh, for 25 years now, which is something that I never anticipated, but here I am. So um, I, be, after that, when we moved up to Iowa 20 years ago, I um, I started just being involved in the community and with, uh, you know, my ch- everything that my children were involved in and uh, kind of got more engaged in the community and with the PTA. And um, it, when Sandy Hook happened in December of 2012, uh, I was pretty shook by how we were keeping our kids safe at school. And I basically called my school board member and he didn't return my phone calls. Uh, so I started to kind of get my mama bear uh, uh, kind of flared up a little bit. And somebody said, well, if you don't think he's doing a good job, you should run against him, which had never been on my radar before. But you know, the more I thought about it, if, if I, if I wanna really go and address this issue, I'm probably just gonna to have to get on the school board. So I ran for school board and um, And I won, and then I became more engaged with advocating for education and started paying attention to other issues that were important to me and uh, was approached to run for this office. And at first I didn't want to because it seemed, uh, you know, partisan and I didn't want to come up here and bang my head against the wall. But I soon realized that I could do more for education and other issues uh, that were important to me if I was a state senator, and that has actually turned out to be true. So... Um, never sought out to run for public office, was never on my radar, but, um, I think just coming, coming here with my technology background and, and my, you know, everything I've done with my children and, and my work experience and my life experience, I think is really, um, added a lot to our conversations and the quality of bills that we're running through here. So
0: that's, uh, Super interesting. I have to say we are thrilled to have a technologist in the state legislature. I think you're few and far between. Um, Obviously, everybody has their skill set, but especially unique to have technologists here um, leading our state. I do want to go back a little bit because it's interesting you talked about having uh, some technology exposure in your high school education, which I think is probably it's still rare in some school districts now, Um, maybe more so then. can you talk at all about if you. Um, engage in any of the legislation around getting technology into the the education requirements or?
1: Yeah, well I I, um, I have twin boys that are sophomores um, and they actually were talking about their computer science requirement because it is now required for anyone graduating um, in 2025 and beyond, which I remember when we passed that law it seemed like it was so far away and, and yet here we are. So there is that requirement and my daughter was actually just talking about how that really um, was great for her to have to take a technology or a, a kind of a computer science style class and she up taking a photo two Photoshop classes in in high school, which led to her advertising degree at Iowa State, which she was so much farther along than some of her um, colleagues there at school. But um, yeah, I was a robotics coach too. I I uh, taught first Lego League teams when my oldest son was going through. He's now an engineer, so I think that turned into something, but kind of turned that into an hour of code, and we started a a women in STEM club at the high school where my kids go to school, um, trying to just encourage that next generation. You know, I've been involved in the STEM Council, um, started with the Southeast Iowa STEM Council, and now I'm on the Iowa all Iowa STEM Council and um, just really trying to get kids engaged with those hands-on activities. Uh, Cause once you see that fire get lit, um, you can really just see the sky's the limit. And um, you know, being a, a model, I think it, it helps for, especially girls to see women doing those types of jobs and, um, you know really trying to expand uh, those opportunities and really just you know what's what's really exciting to me that I didn't feel like I experienced when I was going through school is just how there's so much um, interconnectivity like the engineers are actually talking to the software developers now and you know when I was in college we were mortal enemies with the engineers (laughs) so um, you know and, and you know the graphic designers are talking to the the welding students and they're working together to create a art and so I think there's a lot more communication and interdisciplinary uh, um, Work being done and I think that benefits everyone so um, And we talk a lot on the stem council where stem is everywhere And um, you know where's the stem in your world because I don't think you can do anything right now without some science technology engineering and math so um, you know, I've been really involved in uh, the Quad City Engineering and Science Council, also um, doing a lot of, you know, we, we not only host the robotics competitions, but also have fun things like the cardboard boat races and the egg trebuchet competition. and. Uh, Uh, you know, things like, you know, solar car, solar mousetrap cars and things like that. So um, trying to get kids involved and interested in that space, you know, wherever they end up, the problem solving and the communication and the teamwork that comes out of it will benefit them no matter what they do.
0: I love that. You're speaking our language. (laughs) Computer science education and technology is everywhere. You know, it's it's good to hear, uh, you know, you get it. Um, Speaking of technology being everywhere, we now have a technology committee in the Senate. Super excited about that. Uh, and you chair that committee. Can you talk a little bit about the committee goals you have?
1: Well, I'm excited about it because, you know, in the four years I've been in the Senate. Uh, there have been technology bills, and there's kind of you know always that question on where, the, where, what committee should they go through? Do they go through Commerce? Do they go through State Government? And um, those that have gone through State Government or Transportation, for that matter, um, you know, once I was identified as someone that like appreciates and understands technology, um, they were always assigned to me. If it's a technology bill, give it to Kenoyer, right? And so I did the autonomous vehicle bill, which I was excited about um, a couple years ago, just setting that framework. Um, we had the electronic notarization bill that you know we passed just in time for covid to hit so the timing of that was pretty good Um, and then we've done some blockchain bills just to kind of make sure that we have that in iowa code to allow you know so that we're not holding back the business sector to be able to develop um uh you know develop around that technology. So, um, now that we have a technology committee, I think it's, uh, you know, our leadership understands that it's something that we need to catch up on, really, as a government. I've been to some technology conferences, and just to see that gap between um, policy and uh, where we are, um, you know, from a technology standpoint, there is a huge gap, and we are way behind um, putting in guidelines and, and uh, frameworks for technology. However, when I say that, you know, we've got the, you know, gla- what I call the glacial pace of government, and then, you know, technology that's, um, you know, emerging and evolving rapidly. Um, I say that, but with, um, you know, the understanding also that we don't want to do anything at the state level that ties the hands of our business and technology sector. Um, I'm very careful about that. And I see when I talk to stakeholders, you know, members of TAI or, or other technology related businesses, they're just like, please talk to us before you do anything. Mm-hmm. And and I think that just these bills that are already flowing through the technology committee, you know, we've got great stakeholder input from the members of Technology Association of Iowa, as well as um, various, you know, businesses and and stakeholders across the state. And I really appreciate the fact that, you know, People are engaged. They're they're giving us feedback on these bills and helping to make us make them better. And you know, helping us understand, um, you know, potentially unintended consequences of our of our actions here. So we want to use technology responsibly to make government more responsible or efficient. Um, but we also want to make sure that we're protecting the rights, the privacy, and the data of our citizens. So you know, finding that balance um, and making sure that we're not tying the hands of our technology and business sector is really important to me, so, um, you know, we'll be continuing to work with the stakeholder groups and I I truly appreciate, um, you know, I think you reached out to me first and we had some pre-session stakeholder groups with a lot of technology businesses and uh, business groups to come in and really kind of have a conversation and, you know, I rely on these subject matter experts to come and talk to us about cybersecurity and, and what we need to think about as we're considering this legislation.
0: It doesn't matter which party leads the executive or legislative branches. A business needs to be able to succeed in every political environment. I'm Tim Coonan, lawyer and lobbyist at Denton's Davis Brown. Along with my colleague Sydney Gangstad, we represent and advocate for Iowa businesses and technology companies. Each week, we provide an easily digestible summary of what happened at the Capitol and why it's important to Iowa businesses. Head over to PolicySoapbox.com/Iowa. Uh, So I think you touched on a little bit, but for being a new committee and having bills coming your way, I know there are, of course, a lot of new members in the legislature overall, some on your committee. Uh, Are there things you're doing to help your committee as a whole stay informed and just try to stay on top of all of these
1: Yeah, so we started out um, you know, before subcommittees and before the bills were starting to come through um, while we were waiting for drafting and and that. um, I started to have some of our subject matter experts come into the technology committee. So uh, the first committee, we had Dr. uh, Doug Jacobson from Iowa State Cybersecurity Center for Excellence and Aaron Warner from uh, ProCircular in Iowa City. So I thought that was a nice blend of public and private. And they've worked together too and um, just really asked them to come in and educate the committee on what's you know where we are as a state um, where our vulnerabilities are and, and what we need to, what we can do as policymakers and things that we need to think about as policymakers when we're trying to um, consider you know cyber security legislation and how we can s- support the efforts of the Office of the Chief Information Officer, the OCIO. Um, he was actually our second uh, visitor to the, the second committee meeting. And uh, Dr. Matt Barrens is our OCIO. He came in and talked about what they're doing in terms of um, monitoring and, and helping uh, leverage some federal funding to uh, work with local governments, cities, counties, and schools to help with their in point security and, you know, multi-factor authentication or even just going out and providing some consultations on, you know, where they are, uh, what their possible vulnerabilities are, connecting them with some grants and, um, you know, making sure that they understand that they're supported from the state level. So,
0: talking about cybersecurity specifically, that's been a hot topic of conversation, I think, here and just in the media everywhere. Um, we've seen a couple of bills we introduced this session, including one of TAI's priority bills, Senate Study Bill 1071, related to data privacy. Can you share if you've been hearing um, what you've been hearing from your committee members, constituents about? Data privacy?
1: Um, yeah, that's uh, one that I think, you know, it, it gives Iowa an opportunity to be a leader um, in terms of where we're at in protecting consumer data. Um, you know, it's really something that should be addressed at the federal level, but given Congress uh, Congress's inability to act on it, um, several states um, have already taken the lead on um, establishing some standards to protect the data of our citizens and and how uh, how they can have you know what's find out what's being collected on them how it's being used if they want to delete it um, and just making sure those protections are in place so this is absolutely new code to the Iowa code um, so we're creating a completely new chapter here um, but I think just getting it established and, and delaying the implementation date for a couple years I believe this is something that will continue to evolve'll we'll continue to tweak and continue to address Address, um, you know, as we understand more about the the, the space of privacy and consumer data, so um, just just in learning about the bill and and what it, what it is and what it isn't. Um, I've learned quite a bit on just how much data is, is collected on us and, and how it's being used for profit um, by a lot of companies. So just making sure that consumers um, have a voice in how their data is being used, how it's being collected, and, and if it is being collected, you know, making sure that it's not associated or identifiable, um, you know, to protect the privacy of our citizens. So appreciate the efforts of TAI. Um, you know, coming up with the legislation. I think it started in last year's session, didn't quite make it across the finish line, but it's given us some time um, to work out some um, some issues with it. And, you know, sometimes bills don't pass in the first uh, on the first try through session. And, you know, it gives us time during the interim to work on them and, and uh, really work together with all the stakeholder groups to make them better. And um, I think we have an amendment coming from TAI that uh, we can all agree on and um, get it across the finish line. So I think just establishing this part in code for consumer data protection and privacy, I think is is, is a great first step, but it's something that we're going to have to continue to work together to address.
0: Well, I will say we certainly appreciate your partnership in that. agree it has been a big lift, but I think an important one for Iowa and also agree would love to see Iowa be a leader and, and take that step forward because not many states have yet crossed that finish line either. Um, somewhat along those lines, TAI has, you know, a big goal of ours is to make Iowa the best state for technology and innovation in the Midwest. Uh, being a technologist from the Midwest and, a, and certainly a leader in the state, are there opportunities you see for our membership or technology companies across the state to help our legislature You know, partner together and, and elevate the state?
1: Yeah, you know, I've heard about like Silicon Prairie um, and and terms like that, which I think are really interesting. And, um, you know, I've learned so much in the four years that I've been in the legislature about all the tech that's going on in Iowa. I sat in on a, uh, the Biotechnology Association and some of the the work that's being done there, you know, in terms of agriculture, which is amazing, um, and then just being on the Education Committee and Economic Development Budget Subcommittee, you know, seeing what's being the research and and you know the startups that are coming out of our Regent Universities is incredible. And I just I kept thinking like, why do I have to be a state senator before I even know about all this stuff? And you know, I've been to a couple tech conferences. I went down to one in Austin just so I could go back to my my stomping grounds at the University of Texas, but. Um, you know, talking about you know, I was bragging, and I felt like I was bragging, and taking some moments to really talk about what we were doing in the state of Iowa, and you know, people were kind of just, oh yeah, you're really doing good things in Iowa, and I thought, you know what, don't underestimate us because there is a lot of good stuff going on in Iowa, and uh, you know, I think that you know, we're probably as Iwans we're humble by nature, and uh, we probably need to learn how to toot our own horn and talk about, um, you know, these things that we are truly leading on, um, you know, transportation, agriculture, uh, cyber security, you know, we've got the center of excellence at the, at the um, Iowa State University, and um, you know, just great stuff going on with the you know the autonomous vehicle or transportation council that I that I sit on, and you know what we're doing with broadband across the state. Um, you know, I'm really proud of the stuff that we're doing, and I think that you know we need to probably learn how to be less humble and you know toot our own horns a lot more of, um, with what's going on because you know something that I have talked about, especially working with students, is you don't have to go to the West Coast to get a cool job in tech. There is plenty of stuff going on. On here in tech. And I would really encourage your members, if you can get students into your your businesses and show them what kind of cool tech you're doing, um, especially those school counselors and teachers, you know, get them out there for a field trip and, and sh- start showing them, you know, that this is right in your own neighborhood. You don't have to go out to a coast to do cool tech. You can do it right here and enjoy the, you know, the benefits of our quality of life here in the state of Iowa.
0: Yeah. Well, I love all that. We'll be calling on you to be the next spokesperson to help us tell that story because you you're are. absolutely right on all those points. Well, yeah, I uh, really appreciate everything today. I do want to, you know, before we wrap up, offer you the opportunity. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with Iowa's technology community about your goals for this session or?
1: Um, well I first of all I would say thank you um, and I would encourage your members to develop relationships with their legislators I mean we are a part-time citizen legislature we are normal people but not everybody you know has the uh, the enthusiasm for technology like I do um, so you know I would encourage them to reach out to their legislators invite them into the office and just give them a tour and just offer to be the subject matter expert if they ever have a question about a policy or something that we're considering in the legislature you know just say give me a call I can help you know give you some insights on how that would affect um, you know our businesses or our sector here in Iowa. So um, I just I I would I can't stress that enough how important it is that we hear from uh, stakeholder groups, especially you know our business and tech sector. Um, We want to be a friendly, -friendly, tech-friendly state. Uh, We want to make sure that we're inspiring the next generation um, to not only go into technology but to stay in the state of Iowa once they um, complete their education and um, you know, I, I guess I would just con- just continue the, um, the the line of communication that we have, um, because it, it takes a lot of us coming together to, to make the best policies possible for that will benefit all Iowans.
0: Well, we really appreciate that. Appreciate your willingness to communicate with us and to meet with us and partner with us this session, uh, Senator Canoyer. Thank you so much for your service to the state of Iowa and for joining me today on the Iowa Tech Policy Podcast.
1: Well, thank you. It's an honor to serve.
0: That's it for this episode of the Iowa Tech Policy Podcast. Thanks again to Shazam and Denton Stavis-Brown for their commitment and support in making this podcast possible. At the Technology Association of Iowa, we believe technology is the essential driving force in every business market today and impacts virtually every company, industry, and community across the state. Join us in making Iowa a leading technology and innovation ecosystem. More information at technologyiowa.org. Thanks for listening.